Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. Here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise joining you on a Tuesday night. Thank you so much for joining us. 865-546-8200, your number, if you want to hop in and join in on our Tuesday night edition. Plenty to talk about on today's episode, including taking a peek into the 2024 season for the football volunteers, and also we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour as well. But we begin today's episode with the Titans hiring Brian Callahan. And the Tennessee Titans are finalizing this deal to bring Callahan on as their next head coach. Uh, team source told The Athletic. Uh, Callahan joins the Titans after spending the past five years as a Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator. Uh, Callahan joined Zach Taylor in Cincinnati and has helped really rebuild this Bengals team um, from what was a, a mess a couple of seasons ago. Um, brought him to three consecutive winning seasons and reached the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, Callahan comes in with the pedigree of an offensive and quarterback guru and has coached under his father, Bill Callahan, for some time as well and coached the likes of Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, and uh, really helped groom Joe Burrow into what he is today. Um, guys, your reaction, did the Titans make the right move here? I think they did. Uh, we talked about it for, for weeks now, and a few of the times we brought up names that we'd like to see hired to these NFL openings. Brian Callahan was one that I brought up a couple different times. The Titans take advantage. They get an offensive guy for their young quarterback, and I think that's the biggest part of this. You need someone that can develop a quarterback. Brian Callahan is number one on the list of proven quarterback developing coaches, so I think this was huge for Will Levis's development. We'll talk about that uh, in a second. Uh, I do want to go through the stats for Joe Burrow. It's his most recent recent project. We know what, what he's done with Matthew Stafford and Peyton Manning, but specifically with Burrow, 2021, a 70% completion rate, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. 2022, 68% completion rate, 4,400 yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's the two full years he's had with Burrow. Obviously, 2020 injures his knee. 2023 gets injured again, has to work with Jake Browning. And even if you really want to go that far, I mean, that Bengals offense almost made the playoffs with Jake Browning yes, at the helmet yes. quarterback, and I think that's a testament to Brian Callahan. So I absolutely think it's the right move. I think it's a home run hire for them, and I think they're going to see some success. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the body of work that he's worked with, like you said, you named off the, I mean, four great quarterbacks that we've seen, uh, Derek Carr, bar some, you know, had some bright spots. But, I mean, he's been effective at every spot that he's been at. So, I mean, Titans, like you said, Dawson, getting the offensive guy is what – 
we were talking about that they needed to do, maybe switch things up. They're going headfirst into this, and I think it's a great thing for the future. Uh, really excited to see what he does with Levis since, I mean, he was touted for a while as a first-round QB, slipped, of course, but really might see his potential show. Yeah, I think, you know, last week we talked about what kind of the blueprint is for rebuilding in the NFL in 2024. And I think the first thing we covered was finding an offensive-minded guy. Uh, the NFL over the past couple of years with all the new rules in place, no more of those Vontez perfect type hits in the middle of the field protecting players. And as a result, it also helps the, the offense and it opens up the field a lot more and now we see a lot more dynamic offenses so many more uh, great plays great players great coaches it's just the way that's moved and I think you have to adjust and I think the Titans understood that they let go of Mike Vrabel who was very well liked but a defensive minded guy wasn't really going to be able to be there and, and be the guy for a rebuild with a rookie quarterback and Will Levis so you get your offensive minded guy you've already got your quarterback of the future now you're really already halfway through the the game plan of how to properly rebuild in 2024. So I think Brian Callahan is a great hire. I know uh, Titans fans, as we were talking about earlier, kind of split. Some really like it, some really don't like it, and there's no in-between. But if I'm a Titans fan, and, and even if you're not, I'll explain – I think that it's a great hire because you get an offensive mind who's had some success with Joe Burrow, has led a, a team and coached a team in the Super Bowl, and also has you know worked under his father, who is a really good coach, and Bill Callahan, who's been all over the league and coached the likes of Payne Manning and, and Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr. Um, I, I think he's got a lot of uh, great success and a lot of great experience. I think there's a great hire um, for, for the Titans. And now you go out and either through the draft, rebuild um, that offensive line, get some beef, get some guys to protect your quarterback and make sure those plays that Callahan is going to give them, make sure it works out, and then you go get some weapons. So I think they're already halfway through a rebuild right now, and I think it's a great hire for them. And um, I mentioned Will Levis a second ago. We'll dive into what this means for Will now, and I think – it, as, as I just said, you know, it gives a, a it gives Will Levis a guy that has plenty of experience with really good quarterbacks, and I, I think if you're a rookie and, and now going into his second year, you want a guy that has that experience because this is still in his time where he's learning how to play in the NFL level, learning what it's like to read defenses, learning what it's like to audible and, and, and find open receivers and targets. So I think um, having a guy with plenty of experience will be very beneficial for Will Levis. Dawson, what do you say? I agree. I think for this, there's there's two things here. Number one, I think it tells Levis he is the guy. This tells Will Levis they are buying in around him, and this is his team for the long term. At least that's what they expect. Uh, so it's an opportunity for him, I think, to develop uh, under a guy who has done it before. He's watched what Joe Burrow has done in Cincinnati. He now wants to do that. Uh, they're not the same quarterback. I think they're a little bit similar. They have some similar traits, I think, in the way they play uh, and the way you know the way they read the field, the way they throw the football. Uh, I think Levis could really succeed. But on the other hand, now you've got a guy that's developed that kind of quarterback. You've got a lot of pressure now if you're Will Levis as well. If you're not the guy, all of a sudden this hire is not going to look as good. It's one thing to say, well, the coaching wasn't good and that's why Will Levis couldn't develop it's another if you've got a staff in place built to make you better built to develop you and you still can't cut it so um, for Levis it's an opportunity to prove a lot of doubters wrong including myself I did not like the Will yeah. Levis mm -hmm. pick uh, not even as a Titans fan I just didn't like that pick in general yeah. 
Um, but he has an opportunity to prove people wrong now. He's got a great staff and an opportunity to go out and play well. Yeah, especially in a new system, you know, a, a system that has relied so heavily on the run game for the last, what, five-odd years. I mean, with DeMarco Murray, then you had T- uh, Derrick Henry thrown in there. So, I mean, switching that just mindset of, hey, run heavy – we're going to rely on Will Levis. I think that's really going to show uh, the true, I guess, stripes, you'd say, of Will Levis. And I think he's got what it takes to do it. I mean, arm talent's there. Decision-making can improve, and it should improve under Callahan. So, I mean, uh, just a facelift for this Titans organization, I think uh, Levis can really be a star. Yeah, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and talk Titans hiring Brian Callahan. Um, So you were not a fan of the Will Levis pick. I was not the biggest fan of it either. Um, And it wasn't because I didn't think he could be – it wasn't arm talent or or wasn't, you know, smarts because he's a very smart kid. A ton of football IQ. Yes. Both parents went to Ivy League schools, (laughs) did really well in school. But my thing was, okay, he got beat out at Penn State by, uh, what was it, Sean Clifford was there at yeah, the time. Yeah, something like that. Um, got beat out at Penn State, then transfers to Kentucky. Has a really good junior year in a pro-style offense. But then in his senior year, it was a kind of a, a big step back. And he was one of the only prospects I've seen where it was like, okay, watch his junior year of film, but don't watch last year. That's not really going to give you an accurate taste. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to take the year uh, from two years ago before the draft compared to what I just saw from him this season when – Look, I get they lost a couple of really key pieces um, in, in, in his senior year in terms of targets and receivers, but um, I, I was like, okay, how am I supposed to believe that he's going to go back to what he was in, in his junior year? Um, so I wasn't a big fan of it at the time, but I think he uh, really impressed and shocked a lot of people. Also, and I hate to bring up his character, but I was not a big fan of him trying to be the ripped guy. Um, you know, it kind of looked like one of those guys that goes to LA Fitness and puts the camera up next in front of the uh, mirror, and you know I, that, that, that you know rubbed me the wrong way as well. Uh, even not even considering the the mayo and coffee deal, <laughs> um, but so we both gave up. What was your reaction when they hired or when they uh, decided to draft so, him? So funny story. I was uh, I was doing the show with WTK Rock Solid Sports with Tucker Harlan, known. Yes, Titans known fan. Titans guy. Yes. yes, and we were both hosting at our uh, former host spot, and immediately first thing is, oh, trade, trade picked to the Titans. So we were just like, oh no, we know exactly what this yeah. means. And then lo and behold, two minutes later, the buzzer goes off, and it's hey, it's Will Levis, and Tucker Harlan goes straight to his face, <laughs> covers the eyes in disbelief. So I mean. Uh, oh, I laughed really hard whenever he did that because I'm not a Titans fan myself. But, uh, you know, it was definitely the best available guy, in my opinion, in the draft. So, I mean, at that point, I'm not completely blaming the take there. But I, th- I think he's a guy that can uh, – It's <laughs> lo and behold, and it's a new system. So, I mean, initially, maybe not the greatest. But now with a quarterback-friendly uh, offense, I'll say, uh, I think, you know, it turned out to be the right pick. Yeah, you know, anytime a guy falls in the draft, you then kind of question, okay, why are people moving on from him? Uh, I don't know if y'all remember the last NBA draft. Cam Whitmore was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to be taken in the higher mm-hmm. rounds, falls all the way to 20 to the Rockets, and he's done really well for them. He looks really good as well. So sometimes in drafts, I know you're supposed to draft players that you necessarily need on your roster, but sometimes 
drafting the best available can work out too. And I know Levis was supposed to be a, a top five, top ten guy, ends up going to the second day. Um, so I, I liked it in that sense, kind of getting a steal, but at the same time I didn't know if it was going to work out. But he has so far shown that he can work out. And now we move on to what should the Titans' plan of action be from this point on? Because now you've gotten your offensive mind in Callahan. You've gotten Will Levis. You know he's probably going to be your future. To me, as I presented last week and earlier uh, in this show, you got to beef up your offensive line. you got to protect them. Um, and then you can go you know, down and get some weapons. T. Higgins has been a name that's been kind of floated around with Callahan coming over. Uh, T. Higgins is from Tennessee. Very well should have played for the Vols, yep. but we'll let that slide. Um, so... I think there's some people thinking a reunion there might be it might be in place, but um, I, I think if offensive line and then your weapons is your go-to uh, going forward, what do you say? Yeah, I, I had the same thing written down. I, I said you probably want to go get weapons first. I think that's first priority, yeah. and I think you almost want to draft that, I think, behind Levis. Levis only in his second year. You probably utilize the draft. You're in a good spot still to draft not necessarily the top tier of receivers. You know, Harrison, neighbors, they're going to be gone for sure. Um, but Roma Dunze might still be there when the Titans pick. Amike Buka might still be there when the Titans pick. Those are two, I think, very good options. Uh, maybe a little bit overlooked with the quality at the top of this class. Mm-hmm. Um, so build there first. If you want to look at free agency, it's not as good. Uh, T. Higgins, obviously, is the biggest name that comes to mind. Michael Pittman is also a free agent. Uh, Gabe Davis is a free agent out of yes. Buffalo now. Yeah. Is he a guaranteed number one option? Maybe not, but I think he's an option you can get at least for now while you wait and build. Maybe you get a better pick next year. Maybe you can acquire a pick in a trade Mm. to get that next year. So if you want to go do that from there, you got to get a change of pace running back. If we do assume Derrick Henry's time in Tennessee is over, you got to go get a a back that can sit behind Tajay Spears and be a change of pace on third down. Uh, Spears, a great electric option, but you need a bigger guy in the backfield. Uh, Notable free agent. I think the only one that I saw that fit would be A.J. Dillon out of Green Bay. A big man that you could get. I don't think he's going to sign with Tennessee, but it is an option. If not, you could draft that in the later rounds as well. Blake Corum is in this year's draft. Patrick Estime is in this year's draft. Trey Benson out of Florida State is in this year's draft. So go there as well. Uh, If you decide to draft offensive line, I think that would be a good option in the first round as well. There's some great offensive linemen in this class uh, that you could easily get. The final step is get better defensively. You have to. I mean, you got a bunch of free agents on this defense. Yeah. Autry is a free agent. Al Shair is a free agent. Christian Fulton. It's an opportunity to maybe bring a couple of those guys back, but also look to get better, uh, I think, and also shed some cap. We know how many bad contracts the Titans have yeah. on defense. It's yeah. several. Um, so get better on contracts, get better on defensive talent, and that's the last step, I think. Yeah, first thing for me, obviously, like you said, William, is going to be O-line. I mean, you know, things happened with Joe Burrow, and he just looked uncomfortable earlier in this mm-hmm. year. When I mean, he was banged up anyways, but still playing banged up and scared for your life back there, not the best, uh, I guess, concoction, you'd say, uh, to run a successful option. So, I mean, or offense, I'll say. But, yeah, beef up that offensive line. Get with, Give Levis some time. That's going to be your first thing. But give him time to throw to some good guys that you need. Uh, you know, Hopkins – he did all right this year. I thought he did pretty well, but I mean, I don't think he's a long-term option whatsoever. No. I have, I'm not sold on Burks at all. Yeah, at, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's just been underperforming. It been injured, so I mean, <laughs> that AJ Brown trade still biting him in the ass. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, those are my big two. Get offensive line first, bar none. I mean, there's that guy from Penn State that's mm-hmm. going to be sitting right around uh, their draft spot. Yep. So might as well jump on him, or like you said, uh, jump on a wide receiver early. Yeah, that's about all you need. 
Yeah, important to note right before we hit the phones here, uh, Bill Callahan has been with the Browns for about five years now as their offensive line coach. Uh, plenty of experience. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been rumored and maybe expected at this point um, that he will come over and coach that Titans offensive line, which would be a huge upgrade yes. for them and uh, definitely help them out. Give Levis some time uh, to where he doesn't have to look like Bryce Young did yeah. this year. Uh, let's head to the phones. We've got Bruce on the line. What's up, Bruce? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Just first of all, I, I want to say what a great job y'all do uh, on your show. Uh, great information about sports across the board. Uh, so uh, I thank you as a listener uh, for, for that. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah. The other thing is uh, I like the hire for the Tennessee Titans. I think that's a great hire. Uh, I will say I don't think uh, I've never been a fan of Will, <clears throat> Will Levis. Uh, I saw him play against Tennessee in some other games where he just didn't have the arm strength to get it done. And I think down the road, maybe maybe he lasts a couple of years, uh, but I don't think he's got uh, – I don't think – if the Titans want to go a long way, I'm not sure Will is the guy. Uh, so, so that's that. I don't know about your opinion on that. Uh, the other thing is, uh, what's going on with Bill uh, Belichick, though? I mean, he almost seems like uh, he's close to a contract and then it just falls through, and then I think he might get left out, I mean, to be frank. Uh, and, and the other thing is, I mean, uh, he's 71 years old. Who, who really wants a 71-year-old guy? I mean, I don't, I don't get that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of great points there. Uh, we'll we'll start off with Levis first. I think uh, you've got to at least give him a shot um, with what he was able to at least show this season. I mean that that Dolphins game where they uh, looked impossible to come back from came down and won that game. Um, I, I think he played well on the road against Pittsburgh in that Thursday night game as well. Very well could have come down and, and won that one as well. So uh, where Levis might not be the guy long term right now, you've at least got to work it out and see how it goes because. Drafting quarterbacks is very hard in the NFL. It's very hit or miss. And, uh, you know, we've seen guys like Trey Lance come out and look to be uh, the next big thing. And he's, you know, backing up uh, Cooper Rush in Dallas right now. So I think at least you've got to at least try it out with Levis and then um, just see how it goes. And I think getting an offensive-minded guy will at least give you a better uh, feel for that. Uh, Guys, you want to add anything? I completely agree. You're kind of stuck with it now. You're not going to get a quarterback class like you have this year. I almost would have waited. Now that you see this class, you almost would have waited if you're Tennessee Mm -hmm. with where you're at and where those quarterbacks are going to be. But, you, you know, you're stuck with Levis for now. Um, so I think you you build a couple weapons around him, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You go get another guy in a year or two. If it really, if you really want to go quickly and rebuild under Callahan, then you go quickly and rebuild again. But for now, Levis is your guy. Yeah, definitely, Levis is the guy right now. I mean, Bruce does make a good point of you know you put his film on tape and you're like, man, this guy doesn't really seem like a winner. Uh, and, I mean, I think that's definitely something to take into account is that extra factor, which, I mean, Michael Penix is bringing in. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's out there winning ball games, So, uh, I think that's one thing to look at. But, yeah, it's a little too late to make a big decision like that now. Levis is going to be the guy for the next couple of years. And, I mean, like you said, Dawson, I mean, you've got the option in the next couple of years where, hey, if things don't pan out – Hit that restart button. I think the thing with Levis, too, is a lot of people saw, and really his last memory for a lot of Tennessee fans was 
his performance in that night game two years mm-hmm. ago where uh, you know he had multiple interceptions and they got blown out and that one never really had a chance. Yeah. So I think it's funny that he got drafted to Tennessee because there are a lot of people <laughs> that hated Levis already because he played for Kentucky and now they're kind of forced into it. Um, so now let's move to Bill Belichick. And I think uh, Belichick uh, definitely ran out of time in, 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 in New England. Uh, it was well overdue. Um, obviously was not suit to rebuild and, and have a project quarterback and Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and all those guys they brought in. Um, I, I think if Belichick were to go to the right situation for a couple seasons, it could work. Um, Atlanta has been a team that's been floated around a couple times. Now, obviously, they're looking into Harbaugh and other coaches as well. Uh, Belichick did have two meetings with the Falcons, though, and, and one with Arthur Blank, their their owner. Um, I think if Belichick were to go anywhere, I think the most likely scenario would be the Chargers because that's the most win-now scenario with a quarterback that's generational and Justin Herbert. Um, really anywhere else, it, you're kind of going back to what you had in, in New England with trying to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. And, um, you know, the, the Falcons are in a better situation than the Patriots are, but they still, you know, have Desmond Ritter, DoorDasher back there and, and Taylor Heineke <laughs> as well. So I, I don't think um, that would be the best option for him. I think if there was one, it'd be either Seattle or, or, or Los Angeles. What do you guys say? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I did not understand why the Falcons were interviewing him and interviewing him twice at that. And then Arthur Blank has a separate meeting. I did not get that myself. Um, he might get left out. There's just the only option I see is the Chargers, and I don't think he's even the best option for the Chargers. Yeah. So you know, I don't see anywhere at this point in his career that he could go and either win or you know have the potential to just have one more piece and win. I just don't think it'll work out for him. Yeah, I mean, I think age is definitely your factor here. I mean, we saw both or all three, him, Saban, and Pete Carroll all leave, and I mean, they're all 70-plus. And I mean, mm-hmm. you don't really see those guys hang around too much longer in the league once they hit that. And I mean – He's had such a good tenure with the Patriots. I'm not sure if you want to go to a different spot. Chance, like, hey, things didn't work out here on the last few years. If they don't work out here, how do I look overall as my mm-hmm. career? I mean, he's got six rings to bank off of, but, I mean, do you really want to go out like that? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, Chargers definitely the the pr- premier spot for him. Falcons is big, big question mark. I, I still think the Chargers are really trying to make a push for Harbaugh. So, if they don't get Harbaugh, maybe you see uh, – Belichick get in there, but still, I don't think that's the option. Yeah, I'm with you. Anything else for us, Bruce? Yeah, one one last thing. I'd just like to praise the University of Tennessee and not to leave out any other departments, but uh, the basketball program and the football program, uh, you know, the combination is incredible. And I don't know if you all uh, saw this in the paper, but uh, the University of Tennessee's athletic department made more money than it ever has before. Uh, and uh, I just think that uh, uh, both programs are are hitting on all cylinders, and I think there's more to come. So uh, I'll just say go Vols, and uh, I'll hang up. Thank you. Well, thank you for your call, Bruce. Yeah, I I think uh, definitely it's a good time to be a Tennessee fan, all three of us in school here as well. Um, It's, you know, a couple of years ago, you had a football team that was losing to Georgia State at home and a basketball team that was – 
uh, trying to figure out who their next coach was going to be. Um, after you know so many great years of Bruce Pearl, you kind of just were in, in neutral there for a while. And now you've got Rick Barnes, who's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Josh Heupel, a guy that won a Heisman Trophy, had plenty of success in college. Um, you know, I, I think this is a really good time for Tennessee, and I think the, the numbers, as Bruce said, uh, reflect that. So um, we appreciate your call, Bruce. And when we come back, we'll take a peek into the 2024 Vols football season. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ag Council. North Knox Siding and Windows, Knoxville's number one choice for all your home exterior projects. Folks, if you've got old siding, windows, paint peeling, looks crooked, damaged, that sort of thing, don't put off getting that thing fixed anymore. You don't want to be that guy in the neighborhood. Call North Knox Siding and Windows. They can take care of anything on the outside of your house. You want to replace an entry door, a patio door, whatever. They could do that. If you need new gutters or gutter protection, they do that too. You want to install a handrail, columns on the outside of your house, new shutters, garage doors, stonework. They do it all. If you need a new roof, these guys are the best in the business. Call them today. You can set up a free estimate. won't cost you a dime. 865 865- Six eight nine zero five zero five. You can go online to northknocksidingandwindows.com to look at pictures of their work and find out more about North Knox Siding and Windows. Tell them Fan Run sent you North Knox Siding and Windows. I've been moving calm, no start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't want to die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. 
Welcome back here on a Tuesday night of overtime. A quick announcement real quick, really cool for the Tennessee baseball program. One of the all-time greats and a vol for life. Todd Helton is bound for Cooperstown, um, entering the Baseball Hall of Fame. Very cool stuff. And um, uh, good to see Tennessee baseball getting some recognition. Um, what a great couple of seasons it's been for the program. And now getting Helton into Cooperstown is a, a great note. Just thought we'd open uh, this segment with announcing that. Um, and now let's get into some more positive vol news. And that's the uh, 2024 football season. And obviously it's a little bit of a ways away. But um, with the news of Zalance Hurd and Jackson Moy and George McIntyre, I know he won't be available for us next year. But um, just want to kind of dive in and take a peek real quick into next season. So uh, with the additions, Zalance Hurd, Jackson Moy, the Vols roster is nearly complete, uh, complete mm-hmm. heading into the spring. And the Vols return key offensive contributors like Cooper Mays, Javante Spragans, John Campbell Jr., Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, Dylan Sampson, and obviously uh, Nico Imaliava will be the quarterback next year. And uh, defensively, the Vols return big-time playmakers and Omari Thomas, who's coming back for another year. James Pierce Jr., what a season he just had. Uh, Keenan Peely, a guy that was out for most of last season, transferred in from BYU, where he was a captain for a bunch of years, and I think really uh, could have had a big impact if he played throughout this season, but we're so happy to have him back. Uh, Aaron Beasley as well. Um, and through the portal, the Vols have added key pieces like Chris Brazel from Tulane, Holden Stays from Notre Dame. Excuse me, Chris Brazel from Tulane. I, I did say that. Okay. Uh, Holden Stays from Notre Dame, the Lance Heard from LSU on the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, where I think it was very important to bring a couple guys in, especially in the secondary, and you do, and Jim Rod uh, McCoy from Oregon State and Jalen McMurray from Temple. Uh, defensively, also the guy from Middle Tennessee as well. Um, not to mention, Vols just placed with a 12th place finish in the uh, recruiting rankings as well. So a lot of positivity coming into the season after a big win, a shutout win in the Citrus Bowl. Um, so let's start off with the transfer pieces we got. Who is the biggest, or excuse me, let's begin with the returning pieces, I should say. Out of the returning pieces for the Vols, who's the biggest? I'm going on both sides of the ball here. Okay. Uh, there's obvious answers for both. I think the obvious answer on, on offense would be Brew McCoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going away from that because we've talked about Brew McCoy already. I'm going to say Cooper Mays. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, with a young quarterback, you're, the most important piece you can have for a young quarterback is a good center, a veteran center. Cooper Mays able to right the ship a little bit and calm the kid down, say, all right, hey, you, know, you got me up here. We got this. The line's got you. Let's roll. They're going to give him a good pocket, I think, as well, and it starts with Cooper Mays. Um, so I think he's huge on offense. He's going to help Nico immensely as he gets used to the SEC next season. Um, and so I think that's, for, for importance sake, other than Brew McCoy, I think that's probably your obvious answer. And on defense, it's, it's Pilly and Beasley. The quarterbacks of the defense, the veteran guys, the experienced guys, they played a lot of football in their careers. Beasley, a lot of football in orange and white. So those are going to be huge guys you get back in terms of leading the defense. What's going to be a young defense for the most part next season, uh, especially in the secondary, it's going to be a very young unit. So having those guys to lead the charge and help those guys grow, I think is going to be massive. Yeah, Yeah. the big one that I had circled, you already hit on him, Cooper Mays. And I mean, we started off this year without seeing him on that offensive line, and they did not look comfortable whatsoever. It didn't matter who was the opponent. And, I mean, it really showed in that Florida game lots of immaturity up there. And, I mean, once he got back, it really 
noticeably changed that confidence in that offensive line. They knew they had the guy back that can, you know, direct traffic, figure things out for everybody, and I think that really made an impact on the rest of the season's outlook, uh, especially coming back for that South Carolina game. It, it really felt like it was a different unit completely up front. So really excited to have him back, especially uh, to help Nico out in certain situations. Yeah, and for those on the line, stay right there. We'll be right to you here in a second. Um, for me, uh, Cooper Mays, Javante Spragans, John Campbell Jr., all three of those guys I think are very important. Um, and adding in a guy like Hurd, which we'll talk about more in a second. But uh, your offensive line, I think, is the most important thing, especially with a guy in Nico that's going to make his first full year as a starter. Got to protect him. He's got. He's only going to be special if you protect him and allow him to be special. So I think the offensive line is the biggest biggest return for the Vols offensively. Now, defensively, I think Omari Thomas is a very obvious answer, um, a guy that just plugs a lot of holes defensively on that line. Um, but to me, Keenan Pilly's the biggest guy returning. Um, obviously, James Pierce Jr. is another guy that is an obvious answer. But Peely, to me, um, like you said, quarterback of the defense, plenty of experience. Um, I think he would have been very vital to this team this year. Um, and I think him returning is huge. Having that veteran presence on that second level of the defense, I think it's very important. Uh, now let's move into the transfer players we got. Which will have the greatest impact this season? I have two again because you know I hadn't anticipated this before this question. Mm-hmm. But you know we get Zay Lance Hurd. I think he's up there. Um, you know protecting Nico, like we've said, especially protecting that blind side, which is where we assume that, that Lance Hurd will start as left tackle it is vital. Uh, to a keeping him on the field and upright and not yeah. you know on the bench injured, um, but also just giving him a clean pocket, giving him an opportunity to be a dynamic playmaker. I mean, we saw it already in the Citrus Bowl with with a unit that was somewhat thrown together uh, with a full unit. Now that no guys opting out, everybody healthy to start the year, it's going to be huge for his development. It allows him to to work, to relax, and, and to really toss the ball around. I think and show us what he can do and build some confidence for himself as they hit conference play. I think for me, the biggest one, the most dynamic one, is Crisper. Yeah, what a huge weapon he's going to be! A good route runner, good deep threat, can go up and get it if Nico tosses it up there, uh, especially in one-on-one coverage. He will be massive in that receiving core that's already was going to be good even without mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be even better with him in the rotation. I'm really excited about Holden stays holding down uh, that tight end spot. I mean, uh, it, it improves and stabilizes uh, just whatever side of the O line he's going to be on, setting an edge for the run game. Uh, Great hands as well. I mean, he didn't get the ball too much at Notre Dame, but with the ball in his hands, with the sh- small film that we've seen, he he can make some plays out there. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, really, uh, really pumped to see him get out there and block uh, for Samson and the like. Uh, really a good spot for him to be in, taking that place of Jacob Warren and McAllen Castles last year. Yeah, I, I agree with Holden Stays. I think uh, Princeton Fant was such a big mm-hmm. impact for uh, a couple of seasons for the Vols and kind of lacked that last year. I love McAllen Castles, um, but I didn't feel like he had that same impact that many people thought he would. And no offense to Jacob Warren, I was not a fan. Um, so I think Holden stays uh, coming from Notre Dame, where they've had plenty of success with tight ends. I think he's already got a great foundation. Now comes in where he's a good ball catcher and can also really block. And I think that's really important as well, getting that extra blocker um, on offense. And then I think defensively, it's adding guys like Jim Rod McCoy and, and Jalen McMurray. That defense, uh, and, and in particular, that secondary, lost a lot. And you've got to be able to plug that in with, you know, Division One, uh, Power Six, I guess we'll say for for Jalen McMurray um, talent. And I think both those guys have plenty of experience. And 
Um, hopefully they're ready for SEC football because it's a lot different than it is playing uh, North Texas on a on a Saturday um, for McMurray. But um, I think getting both those guys, getting some experience, I think is really important. Uh, now, so who's a player from this year's high school recruiting class that we think will have a big impact? I couldn't decide, so I wrote down three. I'll try to make hey, it no clear. worries, no worries. Um, I tried, I tried to pick, but there's so many in this class I think could really help that I they had to go with three. I think Peyton Lewis. Uh, is going to help a lot. Depth in the running back room. He's a dynamic playmaker as well. Um, there's a spot open for grabs after this year. Um, as guys start to leave, as Samson leaves, you open up the running back room. I think he's going to be huge. He could get some snaps in the fall. We'll see how he develops through spring ball and then into fall camp. We'll see. Um, he may get all the way up to running back three, maybe two. We'll see how Cam Selden develops as well. Um, but he he's the guy that can fill the shoes of, of a guy like that we just lost, like Ryder Small. So look forward to seeing him. Bennett Warren, I talked a little bit about him yes, yesterday. Yes, yes. Looked outstanding in that Polynesian Bowl, and that's against extremely good high school town, an invite-only game. Uh, he, to my knowledge in his film, did not allow an edge rusher to get past him like at all. So yeah. he really locked down that side of the line, and now you're starting to build an offensive line depth as well. And I think he could be a surprise player through camp uh, that becomes to be the second behind Hurd and Campbell. Mm. Um, in case anybody goes out, we need somebody to fill a spot. I think Bennett Warren um, could easily do that. The third one, uh, this is a guy I've been talking about for a really long time, and it's Boo Carter. He's going to be a, a dynamic, electric guy with the ball in his hands. I mean, you've seen his film. It's flashy. It's, it's, in, it's incredible to watch. Now, on special teams, I think it's where you're going to get that big contribution, but D. Williams leaves. You need someone to fill that space. Boo Carter's going to slide right into that role. Uh, he could be as good, if not better, uh, in terms of playmaking on that side of the ball. And on defense as well, he, he actually, we all look at him with the ball in his hands as, as a defender. He's very sound, very good in technique. He actually played almost a strong safety role at Bradley Central. So mm. he's able to play center field, be a ball hawk, go up and get it if they need him to make a play. Um, and so an evolved secondary that's going to be young, inexperienced, and it's going to be wide open for guys to get snaps. Look out for Boo Carter to get some uh, contributions there i'm really hoping to see some uh big time game minutes this upcoming year from mike matthews in that yeah. wide receiver room I, I mean i think he's a guy uh that adds so much depth and so much talent to that uh stacked i feel kind of top heavy wide receiver room i mean i think there's sort of a fall off once you get start getting to some of the twos in there uh, i think he can really bridge that gap to where hey if this guy's not doing what he needs to do you can throw this guy in there that's just got all the raw talent in the world can really make an impact i'm really excited for mike matthews yeah my two are jordan ross i know that's the top guy <clears throat> in the class but what he did in both the polynesian bowl and the all-american game i thought was very impressive his speed off the edge is something that reminds me of james pierce from this mm -hmm. past year so if you're able to get both those guys and maybe Ross might not get too much play this year but if you're able to get that speed in a, in next season um, I think that speed off the offense or off the off the line of scrimmage is very very important six four and a half uh, 233 pounds that's a big dude <laughs> yeah. moving at a very fast pace uh, some some quarterbacks in the SEC are going to be uh, bracing for impact and my other one's Bennett Warren another guy that's six seven and a half uh, 324 pounds, beefy line. I, I mean, I can't stress that enough. Look at Georgia. Look at Bama. Those guys have some mountains on that offensive offensive and defensive line, really. Um, and that's how you protect your quarterback and make, make plays. 
Bennett Warren can make plays and, and, and hold his own. I think at that size, I think it's too good to pass up on and too good not to talk mm-hmm. about. So um, Bennett Warren and Jordan Ross for me. And now let's head to the phones. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop in and join us here on this Tuesday. We've got Roberto on line number two. What's up? Hey, guys. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? First timey to talky. Yeah, what's been up? I've been for several weeks uh, since you came back. I guess it was the eighth y'all cranked in. But I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Guys you do a really good job. Thank it's you. Very solid. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to get into. First of all, I, you guys are all really young, right? Like I'm, I'm a geezer. Yes. Yes. So, um, you guys don't realize how big the Todd Helton news is to dudes like me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you probably already know this, but. How many SEC baseball players are in Cooperstown right now before today? Wow. You know? Okay. That's that's putting us on the spot. Um, I'm going to guess single digits maybe. Okay. Yeah, I figured single digits probably. I mean, if you're asking us, it's probably going to yeah, be a pretty digits, low number. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go digits, low it is a single digit. Yes. Yes. One. 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 Wow. Frank Thomas. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's it. Wow. That's it. Huh. Guys, this is a big freaking deal. Yeah, I, oh, wow. I think it's big for Tennessee's program as well. I mean, just with all the hype it they've had, had recently. But it also begs the question, how the hell is Will Clark not in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Frank Thomas, right? Yeah. And Frank Thomas, uh, I'm not saying he was on the juice, <laughs> but I'm not saying he's not. I mean, he was a huge guy. Yeah, he's a mountain of a man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a huge guy. But, you know – uh, until today, I heard it said somebody else said this. Uh, I'm not claiming this. I can't remember. Say, like, Minis- the University of Minnesota has more players in the baseball Hall of Fame than the entire SEC, which is like the most dominant baseball conference in the history of baseball conferences. Yeah, but I, I, I would probably run up against that with, well, if they're that good, they don't go to college. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but Todd Helton was the notable exception. Yeah, I mean, guys. I can't. I mean, he was in my heyday. Like I watched Todd in person in high school when I was a kid. Mm. Like people would go to watch this guy. He is simply put, and we've produced elite athletes out of Knoxville. There are some. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know Harrison Smith. I'm sure you know yes. him from here. And he might be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. He's having a Hall of Fame safety type career. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Todd Helton is the singular greatest athlete Knoxville's ever produced. Yeah. And and that that's that's also talking about Larry Severs and Ron Whitby, which are I know way before your time, but guys who were you know multi-sport professional type athletes, like drafted in four different sports type of deal. So you Todd said is the best. You said you grew up watching. So what do you have a favorite moment or favorite uh, play he did? Like just uh, talk about describe that. Uh, you know there was one game. Uh, he came. It was uh, who were we playing? It was in the NCAA tournament. And he came in, he hit like he hit like a home run, he had like a double, he had like four RBIs and a save. Yeah. Because he was playing first base and then came in and got the save, but I cannot remember who he was playing. Well, that's, um, well, that's, a good, that's a good day for, uh, for uh, <laughs> that was anyone. That years ago, man. That was bringing it from way back. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I mean, you know, he's just an incredible story. I'm happy for Todd. I know Todd. Todd is a is a quietly a great benefactor for a lot of charities in Knoxville. People don't know that, and he won't say it, but I know that because my wife works for one of those charities. Okay, 
Um, and he's just a hell of a human being. You know, he's got his issues like everybody else, but he is a really decent guy and a host of decent guys, you know. Right. Um, and uh, I'm just happy for him because I really didn't think they were ever going to do it. You had you, your Dan Wolkins. I mean, did you see the epistle Dan Wolkin wrote last year about how it's not called the Hall of Meh, it's called the Hall of Fame? And yeah. it was all about how Todd Helton should not be in there. Pretty much, yeah. That's, that's yeah, a pretty good well, summary of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, just because he played 81 games a year somewhere else besides Coors Field. Let's not forget that. Yeah. yeah. And he led, the, he led the league in hitting like three times. Yeah. He, he's just an all-timer, amazing glove, and really and truly, guys, just a, a decent human being. Uh, and um, uh, the only other thing I, I love what you were talking about, the, the guys coming in, if you'll oblige me just one more second. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike Matthews has to be the guy that we're the most excited. He has mm-hmm. to be because we need him to be a big playmaker. We don't have any playmakers. Yeah. I know people – we don't. Even Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy's coming off <laughs> a potentially career-ending yeah. injury. Yes. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not a great thing. It's a great that he's coming back. He has to come back. He wasn't coming back until he broke his leg in about 47 pieces. Yeah. 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 He was right. not. Yeah, I, I think so, I think you're right there on on Matthews. I think you need you you need some juice, and this is an offense that is desperate for juice. I mean, this is a uh, very dynamic offense. It's not hard to get these guys the ball, but uh, I think last year you really lacked that downfield threat, that guy that can make a play. And I think if Matthews can be that, that'd be huge. Yeah, yeah, and I think he can. Uh, and I love your Jordan Ross pick. I hadn't thought about that, but the question is. Is he going to be like the only guy who could ever stop Alvin Kamara was Butch Jones? Yeah. Is the only guy that's ever going to be able to stop Jordan Ross, you know, Uncle Fluffy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, does he know, does Banks, does he get that he can put him and Pierce on the field at the same time, even Ooh, though they're both kind of A little mirror image over oh, there? Ooh, well, that, I, that would be kind of yeah. nasty. Look, if he's a coach in college football, I would hope he could realize that. Now, obviously, we have... I mean, but he won't... Um, his def- he loves senior guys, man. It's him. I know. I know. A lot of people throw uh, Willie Mo underneath the bus, but I'm telling you, from people inside the program, I'm telling you that it is Banks wanting to play all those guys. Uh, the you know all those guys we were playing late in the bowl game for no reason apparently yeah. in the defensive secondary because they just love their seniors. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for Rodney Gardner basically saying these are the guys that are going to play, I really don't give a crap what you think. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you'll see it. And if he has anything, to, I mean, he just doesn't like guys that are underclassmen yet. I guess he hasn't; they haven't earned his trust. But he's going to have to earn a lot of trust. You you ran through all our new, new DBs. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to have to be a whole lot of trust, guys. Thanks for all the time. I really do love the show. You guys are you're really on something here. I appreciate it, Roberto. Thank you so much for calling in. And yeah, I mean, you really hope that um, you know they let Ross go. I mean, I mean, like imagine that Pierce and Ross on two different sides two guys that are very similar very quick at their sizes Um, that would be something that is very hard to beat and and a a nightmare for any SEC backfield Um, so yeah and real quick on Helen he spent 17 years with the Rockies in that time he hit 316 with 369 home runs and 1406 RBIs uh, was a four-time Silver Slugger and four-time Golden Glove Award winner. Um, in, in 2000, excuse me, he finished fifth in the MVP voting, the highest total in his career. When we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime.
Are you ready to flash that dazzling smile? Well, look no further than Knoxville Smiles. Our experienced team is here to give you the care and attention you deserve. From routine checkups and cleanings to advanced cosmetic treatments, we've got you covered. Say goodbye to dental worries and hello to a confident, radiant smile. Don't wait any longer. Schedule your appointment today and unlock the power of your smile. Call 865-539-1776 to schedule your appointment today or just visit KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com. And be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com is your home's exterior in need of a makeover if so it's time to call north knox siding and windows transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options from classic to modern styles they've got something to suit every taste upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills north knox siding and windows Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSidingAndWindows.com. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at ParksideKia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. She's 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit. All right, back here on Overtime. It's time for our best bets. A lot of great calls. Great hour today here on this Tuesday night. Um, I'll begin with my three once again, all in college basketball. And we begin with Oklahoma minus five, taking on the Longhorns tonight in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's top 50 in adjusted offense and adjusted defense. And watch out for Javian McCullum, who's shooting 38% from three tonight. Or, excuse me, not tonight, but all season he's been doing that. Um, I think there'll be a really good battle between um, Amos and, and, and McCullum tonight as well. Um, Longhorns play really aggressive defensively. 
and uh, they've been really up and down. Good win on Saturday against Baylor, but I like Oklahoma at this spot back at home. Uh, next up, Nebraska minus four, 29th in offensive efficiency this year. Um, Nebraska's also 12-1 and one at home this year. Only loss coming to Creighton in November. They've been really hot at home, and I like the minus four. You're banking on them to win the game with a couple free throws there. And BYU plus two and a half is my next one and final one. Um, look, BYU at home against a Houston team that's very good, but the Cougars hunt for threes, and over half their shots come from deep. This is a really good team, really good combination of passing and shooting. Um, I, I like BYU at home. Again, I'm a big I'm a big home guy. Mm. If they're at home, it's really hard to win on the road in college basketball. And I think the Big 12 is a conference where the winner very well could have five losses this season. Um, so I, I, I like BYU tonight to bounce back and beat Houston at home. I've only got two because nothing in the NBA like stood out to me. Um, I thought about the Knicks, but I just didn't even want to touch it. Yeah. So only two for me tonight, both in college basketball as well. I'll go ahead and mirror yours, BYU. I actually found them at plus four and a half, which Did is a really? lot better number. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> at home, plus four and a half. I loved that number. I had to had to put it down the second I saw it before it changed. Uh, again, a bounce back spot for them coming off of a loss. They're at home. Houston has already lost a game on the road in conference play this year against Iowa State, a game in which I took Houston minus two and a half on the road, so I'm not doing that again. Uh, I'll take the opponents this time at home um, to, to cover that. Uh, it's, like you said, so tough to win on the road. Uh, Houston has already struggled on the road so far in conference play, and so I love that number in a bounce back spot. And second one for me, uh, as much as people aren't going to like to hear this in Knoxville, Kentucky minus 5.5 on the road at South Carolina. Again, a good number, I think, for a Kentucky team that's just going to overwhelm South Carolina offensively. They have so many weapons. Uh, Dillingham, Reeves, uh, Zavonimir Ivisic, I think I pronounced that right. Big Z? Yeah, Big Z, I think is what they call him. Uh, Trey Mitchell is well coming off, I think, a 29-point effort in their last outing. South Carolina is 9-1 on home floor, but they don't have a really impressive win yet. Their best win, I think, is Mississippi State at home. So, yeah. to me, they haven't seen an opponent on their home floor like Kentucky. Kentucky overwhelms them. I like minus 5.5. I've got one in college basketball, one in NBA. I'll start off with college basketball. I've got a road team here, Xavier, plus 8.5 on the road at Creighton. Mm-hmm. Xavier's been – Turning around here, got a three-game win streak piled up right now, playing some really good uh, in-conference basketball, whereas uh, the Blue Jays have really kind of stepped back. They struggled against a, in a one-point win against St. John's, have dropped the last two. Uh, and, I mean, Creighton has been struggling at home. Xavier's been playing well both at home on the road. I think – the Cavaliers or Musketeers? I think it's Musketeers. Musketeers. Yes, Musketeers yeah. are going to uh, call it close in this one. I'm not sure if they'll pull it out, but I think it'll be a closer one. Uh, as for NBA, I've got OKC minus 13.5 against the Blazers. Uh, Portland's just not great this year. They're coming off of a 24-point road loss uh, on the road once again here in Oklahoma City against the OKC team that is firing on all cylinders right now. Shea Gillis-Alexander uh, <laughs> is one of, if not the best – Fringe the best player in the league right now, in my opinion. Uh, he's He really knows how to carry that team. Uh, he's got the young pieces around him that are still uh, putting together some good performances. I think they continue that with a Blazers team that is just really subpar this year. Another thing to note in that Crane game, Crane just played a three-overtime game against Seen Hall on yep. Saturday. Uh, maybe look at taking the under in that one. Uh, not, you know, kind of coming off a long game. Mm-hmm. Legs aren't that fresh. Maybe points may be um, hard to come by in that one. All right, so that's uh, Oklahoma minus five, Nebraska minus four, BYU plus two and a half for me. Uh, Dawson had BYU at plus four and a half. Absolutely kicking Take me it. in the nuts on that one. Um, and then what was the other Kentucky one? Kentucky minus five and Kentucky a half. Kentucky minus five and a half. 
Xavier. OKC, yeah, OKC minus and 13 and a half. Yep. Xavier uh, plus eight and a half. That's our best bets for the night. We'll be right back in the second hour, and we got some NBA on the horizon. Stay right here on Overtime.